Hello and welcome to the Urbanist Agenda, the podcast where we accept many different forms of payment. This is Jason from Not Just Bikes, and my co-host today is Thea from the YouTube channel Urban Caffeine. Thea, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, thanks, Jason, for inviting me to your podcast. This is an honor to be on Urbanist Agenda. And yes, my name is Thea, and my YouTube channel is Urban Caffeine, talks about public transit and urban life with a focus on user experience. And since I'm from New York, the videos tend to be wrapped around New York City. That's great. And we're here to talk about making public transit easier, right? Indeed we are. So you sent me over some articles that I thought were really interesting, and I'll get into it. This is something that has been on my mind recently, but this is the concept of open payments in transit. Now, I have to admit, I've heard of this concept, but I haven't heard of it called open payments. I don't know if that's maybe a term that's used more often in the United States than in Europe. But you want to explain like what we mean here by open payments on transit? Funny enough, someone on my Instagram commented, oh, perhaps it would be better if there was this card, this card that would be working on all transit systems all over the United States. And then I was thinking about, about it for a minute. Like, Wait a minute. We can use a credit card. <laughs> yeah, right? So <laughs> it is kind of amazing, right, that we've got these transit systems and they all use these weird forms of payment. And I think it kind of goes back to the days of tickets. I remember when I was growing up in my suburban hometown, there was that whole concept of you need exact change to pay for the bus, right? And that was so yeah. annoying because, you know, you don't yeah. have the right number of quarters or whatever. But then you could get books of tickets or in Toronto, they used to have the tokens until a few years ago. I still kind of miss those. They're cool. But you yeah. could buy tokens. And I remember when I used to go to work, I used to travel a lot. And so I wouldn't get a monthly pass because I wasn't in town sometimes. So I would get the rolls of tokens and I would pay by tokens. And then that turned into, you know, apps and things like that and cards, but they're all proprietary, right? Yeah, yes. And that's what you would call a closed loop system. And it's annoying when you go to another city, you should be taking transit, especially if you're a visitor there. But if you're a regular user, maybe you have a monthly pass or something like that. And that's fine. But when you are an occasional transit user or you're visiting a new city, it's so frustrating to have to decode the public transit system, because I mean, public transit should be the easiest thing to use, right? It should be the thing that cities want visitors to use. Yes, exactly. And I have the story that I want to share. Sure. Every New Yorker can relate to this. And we've all been there, perhaps other people in other countries that use public transit. And this is when you're approaching the station, you see your train arriving, and you're so excited because you're not going to be waiting long. You're going to get in, hop on the train and have a good day. And you're going to be especially excited if you're running late. And in New York, you're going to be extra, extra excited because you don't know if a train is <laughs> going to come in two minutes or 20 minutes. And this is why I'm jealous of those European Asian trains. They're always on time. But you get to the turnstile, not believing your luck, and you swipe your MetroCard and you get eh, insufficient funds. <laughs> And so you go over to the MetroCard machine. On the left, one is broken, which is very common in New York City. And then on the right, it's not accepting credit card, which is also very common. And the one machine, the one machine in this entire station is being used by a foreign group that cannot figure it out. And on top of that, there's a line forming behind them. So I'm sure many people have experienced this. So they're 
no wait at the station suddenly becomes a half an hour wait. (laughs) I have had that happen to me before in many different cities because I have traveled quite a lot and I often would take public transit where I was. And I remember in particular Japan. It's much easier these days because there tends to be more English in Japan. But when I first started going to Japan, there was no English on anything. No English on signs, no English on any of the machines. And so I would be standing there looking at this crazy complicated map with these Japanese characters all over it and this machine there. And I'm just like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing here, right? Maybe this button. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? And so I would end up like matching the characters. Okay, I know I want to go, you know, I'd look at my little piece of paper. Oh, I need to go to this station. And I'd match the characters. And then I'd go to the machine and I'd try to look for those characters and just pay for whatever it said. Yeah, it's so frustrating, right? And it shouldn't be this way. It really shouldn't be this way. Yeah. But before we get into talking about how it should be, Can you tell me a little bit like how it is today in New York City? Because I've been to New York many, many times, but I probably haven't been in about at least 10 years. So I don't know if it's the same as it was because it was those paper metro cards last time I was there. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how it is to pay for transit in New York City these days. So right now, well, those paper transit, is it paper or plastic that you remember? I seem to remember it being a paper thing, but just tell me what it is today. (laughs) It's been a while, all right? My memory's not that good. I'm getting old. (laughs) Right now, um, New York is transitioning, actually. So we're in this in-between phase where it accepts both the Metro card, which is this plastic card that's kind of flimsy, actually. And Mm -hmm. you just load it with money and you use it to pay. You can get value saver. You can get unlimited seven days, unlimited 30 days on that Metro card. Or you could just put money on it and you can use it. And then the other system that we use now is called Omni. It's One Metro New York is the acronym. And you can use a credit card on it or any device, your smartphone or wearable that has the contactless, the NFC, the contactless capability. And it also has the Omni card where it could also function like the Metro card. The only difference is right now they don't have seven day unlimited and 30 day unlimited, but they do have fair capping which starts on Monday and ends on Sunday. Interesting. Yeah. So you can just pay with a credit card now in New York City. Is that right? As long as your card has the tap and pay feature. Right. And how long have they been doing that for approximately? The machines started showing up around 2019. Mm. And during the pandemic, this is a silver lining to the pandemic, is that people started using the subway less. So people started paying as they go with the subway instead of getting the seven day unlimited or the right. 30 day unlimited. And so fair capping became the way to go. So in turn, more people started using the Omni system. And right now it's everywhere. It's on all the buses. It's on all the subway stations. That's great. I mean, yeah. that's really the way it should be, right? I mean, that's the dream when you just come to a new city, you want to take transit, you just tap your whatever card, your phone or your credit card or whatever on the reader, gates open, you go do what you need. And that's it, right? Yeah. And I know that that's been the case in London, England for a while. I think they're the OG. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, London is kind of ahead on a lot of this stuff in general. Like when it came to the tap cards, the Oyster card, they call it, Mm -hmm. they introduced that way back in 2003. And I think the only other city in the world that had a tap card like a public transit card. The only city in the world that had one at that time was Hong Kong with the octopus card. Oh, okay. I think they introduced it in 2002. 
But yeah, so London's had the Oyster card for a long time. And when we lived in London, England, that is what we used, of course. And that was very convenient because you could use it for all of the buses and the underground and the overground, as well as national rail, too. So I used to go a little farther out. Now, once you got too far out of London, then the Oyster card didn't work anymore. And that was kind of annoying because I had to go oh. to Cambridge for work. And of course, then I had to buy tickets and that didn't work that way. They didn't have back then the Oyster card. So were you moving to a different transit line or the different system? Well, it was going out of the city, right? It was going from okay. London to Cambridge. And so then I needed to buy tickets, Okay. like train tickets, which was annoying. But London brought in contactless payments in 2012 for their buses and 2014 for the wider network. And I remember I was there, I think, probably in 2017, 18. And it was so convenient, right? I come there, just tap my credit card and boom, like, yeah, that's it. There's nothing nothing else to it, right? I just came back from a trip in Seattle and they had the Orca card. It's a tap and pay card as well, but they don't accept credit card. And so I was thinking, I'm only here for a couple of days, I'd only spend $3 <laughs> on a piece of plastic that I may or may not use again. Right. I could use the app. I could buy a paper ticket, but it's just it's just easier to use a tap card. We still have a whole bunch of Oyster cards and Octopus cards from Hong Kong and London in a bin just behind me, actually, because, you know, <laughs> you can return them, but it's such a pain to return them and get your money refunded and everything. So I don't know how much money is still sitting on those things, but that is annoying. (laughs) Here in the Netherlands, we have a system called OV chip card, which is great. It's a card like the Octopus or Oyster card. It's a card that you load money onto. You can also do auto top up like most of those Mm -hmm. kind of cards. But what's great about it in the Netherlands is that it works through the whole country. And that Uh is unusual, I find. So what are the different transit systems that you use it for? Well, use it for everything through the entire country. And that's crazy because you can take the trams and buses and metro here in Amsterdam, but it also works on the national rail service, the Nederlandse Spoorweg. But there's also other train operators like Arriva and some others in the country, and you could use it with them. But that means that I can use the OV chip card to take transit to a train station, take a train station to the other side of the country and get off there and then get on a bus or a tram in that other city. And I'm still using the same payment card. That's awesome. For the entire country, which is really remarkable. And the thing that's even more interesting about it is that you can get into the bicycle parking garages with it, which are normally free for 24 hours, but then you pay per day after that. That also goes to the OV chip card. And when you get to your destination, you can get these rental bicycles called the OV Feats where you can also tap your card and it unlocks the bicycle or a key out of a little lockbox or whatever the way they've got it in that particular town, because they're all a little bit different. And then you get the key to the bike and you ride the bike around and then bring it back to the train station and then take the train back to where you're from. And all of that is done with one payment card, which is crazy useful. Yeah, but you can use a credit card with that system. You can now, and that's very okay. recent. So they were doing some trials, I believe it was down in Rotterdam a couple of years ago with that, so that you could pay just with your credit card. And they have brought it now to Amsterdam. I am not 100% sure if it's rolled out through the whole country, but that's sort of the next logical step of the OV chip card, right, is to be able yeah. to just tap your credit card. And what's funny is that I found this out the hard way <laughs> that Amsterdam <laughs> does this, because I was standing waiting for the tram to stop so I could get off. I had already tapped off with my OV chip card and I pulled out my phone. And because I was standing next to the card reader, my phone went near it and it checked me in on my phone, my phone's credit card connected to my Google Pay. So I heard the tap in noise and I look and I'm like, what? I was like, oh, I guess you can pay with credit card now. 
And then I had to tap myself out with my phone. So, you know, that's the one trick, people. If you have the payment set up on your phone, don't bring it too close to the reader unless you mean to. Yeah. You know, that was an early problem with the readers in New York is that Mm. the readers were so sensitive that even if your credit card was in your pocket, it would read it. Oh, man. I've just heard this secondhand from other people. So I don't know if they were just like, it was real or they just imagined a charge. But yeah, they had early problems with the Omni. But now I'm just amazed at how smooth the operation is. And so when you take transit, do you use a card or do you just use your credit card? Like, what do you prefer? I used the Omni card, actually, just because I didn't like seeing 275, 275 over and over on my credit card bill. It was just hard to organize. And so I just used the Omni card and it has an auto load feature. So once the balance is below a certain amount, it auto loads from my credit card. So I never have to use those MetroCard machines that are half the time broken. Right. I do the same thing here. Like I can pay with a credit card, but I usually use my OV chip card to pay for things again with the auto top up because I think it's for the same reason that keeps how much I spend on transit kind of compartmentalized into Mm -hmm. that one card. But there have been some times where I'm out and I've forgotten my OV chip card or I'm with somebody that I'm traveling with and we just tap on with credit card. That's the best. So I think having that option is so much easier. Oh, That's my God. That's the best. <laughs> because we used to have a bunch of guests. We call them guest OV chip cards. Like, they would just be anonymous ones. You can just go buy mm-hmm. them without registering your name and all that stuff. So, um, whatever. They're what are called anonymous OV chip cards. We have a stack of them at home for when people would come to visit, right? We would load some money on them, then let them take transit around the city And now it's just tap your credit card. It's so much simpler. Yeah. And we all know how to use a credit card or a debit card. (laughs) Well, the tapping (laughs) is so common everywhere. Like I assume, I mean, I don't know. I haven't been to the States in like 10 years. So correct me if I'm wrong. But if you're in New York City, you can pay with everything with tap these days, right? Yeah, you can. Maybe not the laundry machines, but (laughs) believe it or not, a lot of laundromats still use coins. And so... I have to go with my card, get some coins, and put in the machine. It's been a while since I lived in a place without laundry, but I have done that in the past. But then I'm kind of old, so it definitely would have been coins back then because other forms of payment weren't invented in the olden days. But that's funny that laundromats are still coins because, like, where do you even get coins from these days? I don't ever use... See, the thing was, the Netherlands was already moving pretty cashless, like Mm -hmm. tap payments. They called them pin payments. I don't know why, you know, I guess because it's a chip and pin type thing. But anyway, they called them like pin to pay by card. But that was already becoming the standard. But once the pandemic came along and people were hesitant to accept cash, then it pretty much just cash just disappeared. Even in the market stalls, where it used to be that was the holdout where they would accept cash in the market or only accept cash in the market or prefer cash in the market. Now they're also just handing you the payment machine. It's the same here. There was a time where some vendors just wouldn't encourage you to pay with a credit card. But of course, it became a now that the pandemic's over, it's a problem because there are people that do not have credit cards or debit cards, and they have to pay with cash. But yeah, as much as possible during the pandemic, people were encouraged to use credit cards just to keep it people from spreading cash. Yeah. So when it comes to open payment systems, I know you've looked into this more than I have sort of the history and background of this. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we just didn't do this from the start? Like, why was this just not 
the default? Well, there are always going to be people that want to game the system, and they still do. And even back then, when we were still using the coin, there are these things called slugs, mm. where people would take like <laughs> buttons or any piece of metal to make it look yeah. and feel like make it feel and weigh like a coin to trick the machine so that they can get. <laughs> I remember for a while, the TTC token you used to be able to just put a token into a machine to get the fair gates to open. And yeah. People found out that the new dimes would also work. So you get on for a dime. They fixed that pretty yeah. quickly. But Have you ever been to the Transit Museum in New York? I have not, no. If you're ever in New York, I highly recommend going. They show all the history of fraud and fair evasion. And they have this whole display of all the different slugs. They've collected over the years. Oh, that's amazing. And it's I love very that. fast. I'm just impressed at the creativity of these slugs. So do you think that's why we didn't do this from the start was because of the fraud potential? Oh, it's an authentication issue. Right. Not necessarily fraud, but according to that article that I sent, the time it took to authenticate a credit card, because back when you were swiping credit cards, if you can remember, you'd go to the store, swipe your credit card, mm -hmm. and the machine would wait a little. It took a few seconds because right. the transaction goes from the terminal to the bank and then back to the terminal because the bank's approved in and you're approved to pay. And so if you're adopting that with public transit, it's not going to work because there's going to be thousands of people coming yeah. in all at the same time and they can't afford for each person to wait five seconds. Right. But now technology has improved and we have this contactless payment method, we can validate a card, authenticate a card within a split second, which works really well for public transit. Yeah. Well, I'm old enough to remember when you used to take a taxi and they would take your credit card and put it in that machine with the carbon copy thing and rub it over it. <laughs> That's why those numbers are raised on a credit card. So it yeah, would like yes. imprint it and then you'd have to sign it. Now they have credit cards that have no numbers at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're living in the future. Credit cards have no numbers, no bumps. <laughs> But actually, your story there reminded me that the other issue, of course, is that it's only been fairly recently that we've been able to reliably do this wirelessly, too, right? So that you yeah. can do it on a bus, for example, or on a streetcar or a tram. Because I remember I went to the University of Waterloo in Ontario, Canada, and that's the city where the company Research in Motion is from, the company that went to make the BlackBerry. But before they made Blackberries, they actually made wireless payment terminals. So they were one of the first to put that into a form factor that could actually reliably work wirelessly so that you could have that handheld payment terminal that would work wirelessly. And that was only in about the early 90s that they started introducing that. And that was certainly not widespread until much later. So... Yeah, that's interesting. It really is just now we finally got the technology to make this yes. possible. <laughs> now, if you only could get everybody else on board on a system. <laughs> so what's the challenge then? Like, why aren't more public transit agencies doing this kind of thing? Well, first, there's the, of course, it's expensive and you have to invest in the infrastructure. It's overhauling the whole infrastructure to get people to pay with their credit card. And I think the U.S. was late to adopt the contactless payment system. And according to history, when contactless payment system had arrived, it existed. The U.S. banks didn't really have much motivation to adopt it because people were using the old system. If it ain't broken, why fix it? But Europe and other parts of the world started using this system because this system is actually really good at preventing fraud. 
And so what happened was, since the fraudsters couldn't get much of Europe, they came to the U.S. And then that's <laughs> when the companies started adopting this contactless payment system. And now the U.S. is just catching up with using credit cards for transit and that kind of stuff. Well, the U.S. banking system does tend to be behind the curve sometimes in general in Canada, too, because I still hear of people like paying by check for things What in the United States. Well, I mean, I've still talked to people who pay their landlord with checks in Canada. I don't know how it is in the United States. The weird thing about New York is it can be advanced in so many ways using right. Swift credit card on public transit. But it can be old school in so many ways, like the laundry machine using coins. And my first apartment here, I had to pay with a check to my landlord and wouldn't accept any other payment, just a check. I was like, that's surreal to me. Yeah, I got to call my bank and have them send me a check. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because I first left Canada in 2006 um, to move to the United Kingdom. And that's when my wife and I first started living in different countries in the world. I had lived briefly in the United States, but we really left in 2006. And I remember going to the UK in 2006 and checks were like not really a thing. And then the banking system brought in chip and pin payments and all of this kind of thing. And I thought, oh, you know, this is just the world is changing. All this new technology is coming out. And then we moved back to Canada in 2013 for a while. And uh, and suddenly I'm like, there's checks all over the place still. And I'm like, what? I thought we had moved on past this. But it wasn't that the world had moved on. It's that I had moved to the UK and it was just more advanced than yeah. Canada was. So, yeah, yeah, I was still paying my landlord in checks. And everything I did with my business was like paying checks to pay for my accountant and stuff. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm like mailing you a piece <laughs> of paper. But... <laughs> Just bonkers. I think it has to do with how check is a legally binding document. And <laughs> I don't know if maybe they finally figured out how to make a tap a legally binding <laughs> I once went to this finance class and there was an older person saying, use a check because it's a legal document. You can take it to court. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're getting a bit off topic here, but this, we could have another episode about paying with yeah, paper. But- <laughs> But I think, though, is that it still works. It's a system that works. And so people haven't really moved away from it. But of course, when it comes to transit systems, like what works isn't really good enough. We need to make transit easier, right? Exactly. Like one of the articles that you sent, and by the way, if you're listening, the articles will be in the show description. But in one of the articles you sent, it was mentioning that transit can be actually the easiest way to get around if you're in a new city, like easier than everything else. Because absolutely, even if you think about like an Uber, you still have to get an app and install it or whatever the local one is. I mean, I guess Uber's in most cities, but certainly not all. And everything else is more difficult. Renting a car is more difficult. Whereas if you can just walk up to transit and tap it, you know, that's about as easy as they get. And certainly when you look at something like the way Google Maps does transit directions these days, it's fantastic, right? Like you can choose your destination. It shows you transit. You say, start. And it says, you know, walk here, go to this stop, Uh get on this bus. And if the payments are so trivially easy that you just tap the credit card that you already have, then that's the best way to get around, right? As long as your city has reasonable transit. But we are assuming that we're talking about cities with reasonable transit. (laughs) 
Absolutely. I mean, the US Open Tennis Championship happens in New York City and you get Mm. like somewhere around 700,000 or more visitors. And that organizers tell people, take the train. That's the best way to get to the US Open. Because once you get on that train, you get to that station, the doors open. It's like, hello, welcome to the US Open (laughs) right this way. It's that easy. The complex is air quotes connected to the station. It's easy to get there from the train. And public transit is the way to go to deal with massive amount of people. But of course, you know, paying for it is another story sometimes. So if I'm using the contactless payments in New York City, how far can I get outside of the city while using this? Well, as far as the subway can go, and the subway can go from where I am, like 11 miles out of the city. But again, it's New York, a mile might as well be 10 miles. (laughs) And do you know of contactless payment that allow you to load like monthly passes and things like that on it? Because I believe they are doing that here in the Netherlands where you'll be able to load your monthly pass onto your credit card number. So the pass onto your credit card? Yeah, so that you can load a pass onto the credit card so that you can still use the credit card, but you can also get a monthly pass. I don't think so, but a lot of employers here in the U.S. give away a debit card that has tax incentives. Mm. So it's pre-tax money. But from what I understand, those credit cards don't have the tap and pay feature yet, so people cannot directly tap that credit card onto the machine. (laughs) So what some people are doing to get around is they get the Omni card and then they use that credit card to refill their Omni card. So this actually brings me, though, to another thing that is somewhat related to this that annoys me very much with certain public transit systems. And I think the Netherlands counts here as well. I know one of the articles that you put in there mentioned this. You talk about the idea of a fair cap. And I know London does the fare cap very well. They have daily fare caps and weekly fare caps. And it really annoys me when a public transit system doesn't have some concept of fare capping. Yes. Maybe we (laughs) should explain what fare capping is for those who aren't familiar with it. Yeah, fare capping is it allows you to pay for public transit. And once you get to a certain amount, whatever that amount is, the rest of your ride is free for a certain period of time. Some places have a daily fare cap where you pay, I think London does that, yes. where you pay a certain amount. And if you get to that amount, I think, is it 12 pounds? I'm not sure. Well, I haven't lived there in a while. It was seven pounds 50 when I lived there. So that okay, tells you the last time I lived there. <laughs> no, no, I think I just left in 2011, I think it was. Yeah. So if you go past whatever that cap is for the day, the rest of your ride is free. And here in New York, the fare cap is $33 for the week. And that's equivalent to 12 rides. So if you use the subway every day and maybe once on the weekend, and that's also equivalent to the Metro card, seven day unlimited. But the weird thing about the fare capping in New York, it starts from Monday and it ends on Sunday. So if you're visiting and you're here from Wednesday to Wednesday, then you're kind of either cap at $66 or you don't get that full benefit of the $33 per week. And I think that's where New York can do better. I've thought about the math in my head so many times. I don't know how they're going to, if I could go about this, but yeah, I think that's the unfortunate thing about the fair capping here. It works great if you arrive on a Monday and leave on a Sunday. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's obviously meant for like the commuter, right? Who does the Monday to Friday plus the weekend. Yes. Yeah. The daily commuter. I think fair capping is one of those things that really does have to get better. And I think this is an example that we should be taking from London that has the daily fair caps, the weekly fair caps, the monthly fair caps. 
Because most transit systems have some kind of discount, right? Like you can yes. buy a monthly pass in advance. You can buy a three-day pass or whatever it might be. But that's another one of the things that I find annoying about it trying is. to understand a foreign transit system is like, what's my best fare to do? Yeah, right? Like yeah. I was in Oslo for four days and I had to go look and say like, you know, there's a 24 hour, a three day. Oh, but I'm here for four days. And so should I get a three day plus a one day or should I get a seven day or I don't think people should have to think about that stuff. Personally. Yeah, the calculation, it's just you've wasted a fare's worth of your time in calculating how much you need to spend. And there was this one time I was in Seattle where I calculated, okay, if I put $8 or whatever the amount on this card, I am good for the day. And then suddenly it's like, oh, I need to make a detour. <laughs> I should have gotten the all day pass. And, so right. like, oh. and cities will sometimes have zones too, so that you're like, oh, oh yeah. well, do I need a this zone and that zone? Oh, then if I decide to change my plans and I want to go somewhere else, I have to think, yeah. oh, that's outside of this zone thing. And I really think all of this really comes down to the fact that we need to make transit easier. I mean, we've talked a lot about being a tourist somewhere, but even just being somebody who, let's say, drives most of the time or walks most of the time, we should still make it so that when they want to take that transit trip, it's stupidly easy, right? Like they yes. shouldn't have to think about it. If they suddenly, you know, are working in another location that's more convenient to take transit, then we should say, yeah, if they're doing it for six days or 12 days or something, then they should be able to take transit without having to think about it. Yeah. And I think that when these transit systems have, let's say, a weekly pass, you shouldn't have to think about the weekly pass in advance. I think a weekly fare cap makes a lot more sense. A three-day fare cap, a one-day fare cap, again, like London, so that when I go to London, I just tap my credit card. I get in, I take the tube, I take the bus, whatever, and I tap out and it charges me. But I also know that if I keep taking it, I'm never going to pay more than if I had got that weekly pass. And I think that really is the way it should be. Like, I get that in the olden days, there were monthly passes, <laughs> and they wanted you to pay in advance. And there were all these various reasons to do that. And I get that transit companies, you know, like most companies want to make a profit. And they want to make it so that they get the most amount of money that some people that pay for the monthly card and then don't end up using enough of it. And that's a benefit to them. There'll be some people that don't get the monthly card and pay more than they would have. And that's a benefit to them. But at the end of the day, we have to look at public transit and say, like, guys, we got to make this easier. <laughs> we got to make this yeah. like consumer friendly here. Right. Because the more people that use public transit, the better off it is for everyone, whether you yes. take transit or not. Right. Absolutely. So this stuff's important. And so, yeah, fare caps, please, transit agencies, <laughs> let's have proper fare caps. Yeah, it's just making public transit easy. It's, transportation is a basic need, and it should be as easy as buying food at the grocery store, you know? And there's always that fight between, oh, it's easier on administration, but there's strain on the user. Uh, make it easier on the user, strain on administration. But, I mean, that's why we vote in our officials, right? <laughs> to make our lives easier. <laughs> like tra transit has to be easier for the user. I'm sorry. Transit has to be convenient for the regular users, but it also has to be extremely convenient for the casual users too. And I think that's yes. really what we're talking about here is that we need to be able to bring more people into transit. It is funny to me, you know, I go back to Canada sometimes. I am from a very car dependent suburban place. And some of the people I know from there are just like, they don't get transit. They don't understand it. They've never done it before. They have to think of route numbers. And that's enough of a barrier entry to these people that maybe didn't grow up with it. Yeah. I, I didn't grow up with it. It took me some time to learn it. But again, you know, when we have apps 
like the way Google Maps does transit directions, or there's an app called City Mapper that I use sometimes. That Thank has goodness for those apps. No, right? <laughs> they do make things so much easier. And just the way that we use these navigation apps with traffic when we're driving to get around traffic, it should be a very normal thing for people to use an app to get around the transit system and figure out the best way to go. But again, everything other than like which route to get on should be stupidly easy so that people don't have to think about it. I agree. There's two areas in public transit, how to use it and how to pay for it. And I think with the technology we have today, we can easily fix the how to pay for it part. Right. So one of the other things that comes up sometimes, I especially see this when I'm in Toronto, is fair integration between transit providers. So in Toronto, they have the Toronto Transit Commission, the TTC. But then when you go outside of Toronto, several of the suburbs are in York Regional, YRT, I think it is, York Regional Transit System. There's the Mississauga Transit System. And there's sometimes issues around fare integration. You know, you go over some arbitrary line and now you need to pay double fares. And some buses can go past that line and other buses can't. And, you know, <laughs> That's so annoying. It, that is also incredibly annoying. Uh, do you see that happening in the New York area as well? Is there issues with that? Oh, yeah, especially since New York borders New Jersey, which is a different state altogether. So right. they have their own transit authority. So both New York and New Jersey have to kind of agree on something so that it's easy for people to transport from New York to Jersey, Jersey back to New York. And with the Metro card, you are able to use that to pay for the path, which is one of the trains that take you from New York to New Jersey. But now that we have the Omni system, New Jersey is not adopting the Omni system, but they're also using a different tap and pay method. But I'm hoping that you can use a credit card with that so that it's not an issue whether they use Omni or their own proprietary tap and pay system. Yeah, the open payments take care of some of this in the sense yes. that at least you don't have to worry about a different card. You're still using the same card every single time. I guess the issue just comes down to, you know, now are you paying double fares? And is that a lot more that you're paying? There's no concept of a transfer often between these yeah. different transit systems. Yeah. Although I feel like maybe this is a conversation that's a wider conversation. I should probably have RM Transit <laughs> on to talk about this because I know that he's obsessed with this topic in some of his videos <laughs> because of how complicated it can get in Toronto with the TTC and the suburban bus transit yeah. agencies, as well as the GO train, the regional train. So how is it in New York with regional trains? Like, I don't think Amtrak, but are there commuter trains as well that come into the city? We have the Long Island Railroad, right. which goes into Long Island. And we have the Metro North Railroad that goes into upstate New York and Connecticut. And I'm not sure if it goes further than Connecticut. So these two are actually run by the same transit authority as the subway and the buses. So you have that going, but they don't use the Omni system. So we, they're run by the same agency, Transit Authority, but they don't use the same Omni system. So when you transfer from one to the other, you have to buy a ticket. Right now, they're experimenting. They're trying to figure out a way on how to use the Omni system on these commuter rails. And it's just the problem of right now they're using conductors and there's the issue of, oh, certain people are going to lose their jobs. And there's just a lot of moving parts here. Some of them are political, some of them are administrational, and some of them are infrastructure. So right. at least the transit authority is thinking about <laughs> integrating the Omni system for these commuter rails. 
But I think it's easier to do that because they're governed by the same transit agency. But like I said, with New Jersey, they want to use their own system. So that's the problem. Yeah, this is just the and some of this stuff. I get that this stuff is difficult for these transit agencies. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of history and everything like that. But boy, I wish they would prioritize making this easier for people. In Ontario, Canada, where I'm from, there is a system called the Presto card, which, oh, it was so frustrating when it came out because Hong Kong had the octopus card and London had the oyster card. And then Ontario decided to do their own system that they had Accenture consultants design it for them from scratch. And it was a horrible mess. And I'm like, why can't you just go to the same like companies that these other anyway? Yeah, they just they had to do their own thing. Right. But at least they took years. It used to be that it would take 24 hours to put payments on it. So if you were out of money, you had to charge it on a credit card. And then it took 24 hours before you could use it on transit. That was brutal. Oh, my God, that was terrible. So that if you ran out of money, you're, just, you're not going anywhere. Forget it, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> like you got to wait till tomorrow to travel or you go oh buy gosh. a roll of tokens. Right. Like it was ludicrous. But now they're starting to roll it out across other cities in Ontario, which is nice. So I've got the Presto card that we bought when we lived in Toronto. And I was in Ottawa a couple of years ago, and I can use that same card in Ottawa. And that's really, really nice. Now, this is all same province, and it's a very large province. So, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't work if you go across the border into Quebec, for example. But at least it works in multiple cities. Unfortunately, my hometown of London, Ontario, Canada decided to implement their own smart card system instead of the Presto card. Don't know the history around that, but I was in London, wanted to take the bus. And I'm like, oh, the Presto card doesn't work here. Even though it's the same government, the same government of Ontario that runs this thing, they decided not to do it. And again, super frustrating. I feel like some of these transit agencies, they look at it just like the people who take transit are the people who take transit. We're just going to make this little thing for them. We're going to tell them about it. And then our job is done without really thinking about that wider group of people who could use transit if it were easier to use, if it were more straightforward, if it used the same payment systems that people were already used to. It's very frustrating when that doesn't happen. But anyway, I think um, <laughs> we could probably talk about the intricacies of payment on transit forever. But I think eventually we'll have to wrap up this conversation. Is there anything, <laughs> last thoughts you have on making transit easier to pay for? Well, I think, yes, we definitely need to make it more accessible. I believe the more accessible we make public transit, the more people will want to use it. And in turn, the more people would want to advocate for better public transit. And right. we all know better public transit makes for better societies and better quality of life, really. Yeah, I mean, it really is good for everyone if more people take transit. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I'm very thankful for the OV chip card here. I'm very thankful that it can be used all over the country. I use it all the time. And I'm also very thankful that now we can pay here buy a credit card so that when I've got people visiting, if I've got someone who doesn't normally take transit, if I've forgotten my OV chip card, all of these other situations that happen all the time, I know I can just get on a tram, I can get on a subway, and I can tap my credit card and yeah. get to where I'm going. Yeah. And first, don't care if they pay a little extra when they're paying with their credit card. They don't use the unlimited or there's no fair capping because they just want to get to where they want to go. Yes. Really? But you still do fair capping. <laughs> yes, we should. We should definitely do fair capping without a doubt. Oh, my God. You can delete that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. We're keeping that in. Get rid of fair capping and let us pay by credit card. That is what I am advocating yeah. for everywhere in the world. 
thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thea. It was thank great you. to talk to you. Nice to meet you. Do you want to just talk a little bit, an ad for your YouTube channel or anything else you're working on? Yeah, sure. First off, thank you again for having me. It's been such a pleasure. And again, my name is Thea and my channel is Urban Caffeine. It's a New York-based channel that talks about transit, urban life. And it's really made for the ordinary users who've never used public transit or have used it, but are still kind of intimidated by it. And so for those listening, if this is something that interests you, check out the channel. It's Urban Caffeine. And if you misspell it, the internet is forgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. It was great to talk to you. Thank you. That's all we have today for the Urbanist Agenda. But if you just can't wait to hear the next episode, I recommend you sign up to Nebula because every episode is uploaded there first. You can sign up at nebula.tv agenda and doing so also supports this podcast. Nebula also gives you access to all of the other creators who are on there, which is now over 150 at this point. You'll find videos and podcasts and classes, but there are also Nebula originals, which are high-budget productions by content creators you may already know on a whole wide range of educational subjects. If you sign up with our link, that's nebula.tv agenda, then you'll get a discount off a yearly membership. That's $20 off, bringing it down to $30 per year, which is honestly a hell of a deal for what you're getting. Thanks again for listening to The Urbanist Agenda, and maybe next time you'll be listening on Nebula, and then you won't even hear this part. <laughs>